testing, one, two. <laughs> I've got a new fangle thing on here. Oh, that's it. It helps if you flick the switch all the way over from the point position. If you've got your Bibles this morning, if you'd like to follow uh, by going to Luke's Gospel and chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. I'm just going to read a few verses together from verse 6 to verse 12 this morning. Luke 6, starting at verse 6. On another Sabbath he went, this is Jesus, into the synagogue God and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? He looked around them all and he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do with Jesus. And then on to verse 12. One of these days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When the morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. I must have read on a couple of verses. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, and finally Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. May God bless the reading of his precious word to us this morning. It was a phrase in particular that struck me. This was part of my uh, regular scripture reading. And you know sometimes when you're reading through scripture, there'll perhaps be a phrase or a or something that sticks out, and you say, you know, that's made a, a bit of a mark here this morning. And it was uh, actually strange, because when Tom started at the beginning of the service, he said this, I, I scribbled it down, whatever kind of week you have had, remember he said that right at the very beginning, whatever kind of week you have had. What kind of day have you had? Some folk ask you that, don't you? You may be going to work on a Monday. It's never a good type of question to ask on a Monday. For goodness sake, you know. What kind, of, what kind of day have you had? And you go, oh, it's Monday, isn't it? It's starting a week. But sometimes a reaction can vary depending on the circumstances that have impinged upon us. For example, yesterday, my phone rang at half past seven in the morning. And Jonathan, I could hardly recognise my youngest boy's voice. It did. I said, yeah, yeah, but what's the problem? Uh, you couldn't, we were getting Rory and uh, Abby today, well, yesterday to babysit because Kirsten and Jonathan were supposed to be going out with friends last night. However, the phone call turned out that Jonathan and Kirsten were really very badly sick. They caught this bug. Could you take the wings um, a wee bit earlier than planned? 
just let me get my jammies off and get myself dressed. I've got in half an hour. So the day didn't quite go to plan yesterday. And then poor Abby, last night, she came down with a sickness bug and we had to take her home uh, to the house of sickness. Remember we used to pray for folk, Lord bless the folk who are in beds of sickness. And you go, my goodness, that's an awful sight to be praying for people who are lying in beds of sickness. What we meant was people who were ill. But um, sometimes we said the thing that we didn't quite mean. So what kind of day have you had? It was just that verse 12 where it says, one of these days. You know, and it's really just one of these days in the life of Jesus. And I'd like to follow that thought this morning through these few verses that we've read together. Maybe we say, oh, it's been a difficult day. Do you know what? It seems like one step forward and two steps back. You ever had a day like that? It reminds me of the, 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 the song we used to sing at some of the Sunday school, um, or sorry, the, the youth nights here on a Friday night. Or not, not, it was more at the Christmas time. I don't want to de-spiritualise the training that we got in the, on the Friday. But we used to sing the grand old Duke of York. He had 10,000 men. He marched them up to the top of the hill and he marched them down again. And when they were up, they were up. And when they were down, they were down. And when they were only halfway up, they were neither up nor down. I don't know if you've ever had days like that. And you think to yourself, I wish I had just stayed in my bed today. I might as well shut the curtain, switch the light off and go back to sleep. So I'm not saying, Pastor Tom... You're the grand old Duke of York. <laughs> you're, not, you're not old enough to be the grand old Duke of York, I don't think. But sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? We talk of vision, we talk of you know, what, what, what our values are, and we are seeking to drive forward into what God has for us as Riverview Church. And you know what? You get, we better prepare ourselves because it's not always going to be a straightforward journey. There's going to be ups, there's going to be down, there's going to be a sense of one step forward, two steps back. But you know what? We're going on for God. We've decided we're going to make an effort for God. We're going to press on together in the work of God. The Lord Jesus was no, not a stranger to such pressures um, as he went about the business of the kingdom of God. In our company that I work for, not for too much longer, I've got to say, I'll be retiring in a few weeks' time. The time has come very, very quickly. But one of our big statements in the company is relentless improvement. That's a great statement, isn't it? You get in these big statements in companies and they say, you know, relentless improvement and it's all about the customer, blah, 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 and they have all these slogans up. And they're great things. They're good things. They're a good target to go for. Generally, in our case, it's driven by the shareholders who want their pound of flesh regardless of how things have gone. Sometimes they'll say, it's time you paid off a few people because their yield isn't quite as good as what it should have been. Relentless improvement. You can sometimes take something out of these statements that are quite good for us to help us to go forward. So I'd like to go through a text under the theme of one of these days. So bear with me, it's not my usual three headings, so don't be worried, it's not going to take very long. One of these days there was teaching 
In verse 6 it says, He, Jesus, went into the synagogue and was teaching. According to the tradition of religious leaders, no healing could be done on the Sabbath. And it seemed it was more important for the religious rulers to protect their laws than to free a person from painful suffering. Thank God for the teaching of God's Word. Thank God we can come along here on the Sunday morning and we can accept and receive teaching from the Word of God. Previously, Jesus had said in Luke 4, he went to Nazareth. It was our privilege last year, Evelyn and I and Helen, to go to a, a, a village in Nazareth, which was, um, Margaret and Len have been there as well, um, very similar to what it would have been. It's been set up to be very similar to what it would be in the day when Jesus walked the earth. And Anthony, I think, was the chap that was taking us round the tour, took us into the synagogue that they had obviously built, and they picked up um, the scripture that Jesus had read in Nazareth. And Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The mandate for ministry was very clear as Jesus opened up the scriptures on that particular day. No wonder he says all, the, all their eyes were fixed on him. Some say it's because he sat in the big seat and the, the seat was reserved for Messiah. But you know, there's other reasons, but their eyes were fixed on Jesus as he stated the, his mission statement that day was very, very clear. Anointed to preach good news to the poor, freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, release of the oppressed. You know, friends, the anointing that was on the Lord Jesus, the anointing that he gives to you and I to proclaim his good news must find an expression. I said this to Tom and it burnt within my spirit. You know, what we have named the fellowship after is that Psalm 46. I think it's verse 10 that says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Yeah. Isn't it tremendous when the gospel of Jesus Christ impacts a community, impacts a town to the point where there is freedom for prisoners. The poor get the gospel preached to them. The blind receive their sight, their eyes are opened up, and the oppressed are released. As that prophetic word came through Brenda this morning, perhaps we say, well, that can't be me. But, you know, sometimes we get our, ourselves tangled up in stuff. And, you know, God just comes to us on occasions like this and he says, you need to be set free. We're, we're maybe bound up in stuff that we think so valuable, so important. And God says, just let that go. I've come to set you free this morning. My mandate, the Lord Jesus' mandate, is to set the oppressed free. It's to set the captives free this morning. And there's no, this place is no exception. And I love, that, I love that psalm, you know, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. You know, the Assyrians were besieging the children of God. But what the Assyrians, the Assyrians didn't know, there was a river in the city. You know, while they were besieging the people of God, 
there was a there was a there was a river there that they could draw on and receive sustenance and and what you can live without food for quite a while. I think I could live quite a long time without food, but you can't survive long without water. And what the enemy didn't know that there was a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Friends, there's a river in Bones this morning. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. God wants to refresh this town of Bones. He wants to come in his power and his glory and set free those who are oppressed. Set those who are under the, the cosh, as it were, of life-controlling substances and materials and habits. He is still the same Jesus, the wonder-working Jesus. Oh, praise his name, he's still the same, the wonder-working Jesus. One of these days, in verse 6 it says, there was suffering. There was a man whose right hand was shriveled, and we've read that from this text. We can guess his quality of life would be very limited indeed. Did he have a family? We don't know. How did he earn a living? Was he a beggar? We, we read much in scripture of those who couldn't work and who would find and make time and an effort to sit and beg at sometimes strategic places. But the point is, it was one of these days he was at the synagogue. And one of these days, and more importantly, the Lord Jesus Christ was there. Isn't that amazing? Perhaps you're like that. Perhaps this man just wanted to slink in at the back somewhere and just say, well, I'll just slide in here and hopefully nobody notices. This is an embarrassment to me. No evil they work. You know, folk are looking at me and thinking, look at that waste of space. He's never done a work day's work in his life. You know how things can be spread? Stories can be spread about folk. But the important thing, he was there. He was in the synagogue. He was in the place of teaching. He was in the place where Jesus was, a, was ministering by his power. And you and I are privileged this morning where many have chosen not to be in a place of worship. Many have chosen to find their own way. You know what uh, Frank Sinatra's theme tune for the singer was? I did it my way. And there are many in Bones this morning who are trying to do it their way, and yet they don't seem to think they need to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. I had the privilege of leading my brother to the Lord Jesus with my father um, a couple of weeks back. He had been diagnosed with terminal cancer, and he didn't really have very long to go. And Alec has been resisting God for years. He had spent most of his life avoiding God. And Dad and I and the family have been praying, praying, praying uh, for many, many years. And then we went along that Friday and we said to Alec, you know, Alec, we're going to talk about spiritual things here today. You know that? He says, yeah, I know. I, I kind of expected that. And um, thankfully we led him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he received Jesus into his life. And you know what he said? He said, but Ian, he says, I feel as if I've wasted my life. He says, I feel as though I've done nothing for God. What have I, what have I got to show for it? And I says to him, Alec, remember the dying thief. The dying thief had no time to make up a good life, a good report. All he could say was, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say to him? 
today. You'll be with me in paradise. And I said that to Alec, I said, Alec, I hear what you're saying, but you know what? God says the same to you today as what he said to the thief on the cross. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. And then I said to him, I'm going to share a scripture with you. And it was from, um, it was from, is it John 17, where it said, no 17, John 11, where Jesus is speaking to Mary and Martha, and he says to them, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I hardly got started that verse, Dad. Did and Alex says to me, I know that verse. I remember that verse. And while I was quoting the verse, he started to join in um, in the reciting of that verse. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus said um, in another verse of there, he says, your brother will live again. And I know that Mary said, but I know in the last day, and she was trying to give him a hard time, and you know, because they hadn't come quick enough. And you know what it's like um, one of these days, if you'd only came a bit sooner, Lord, my brother would have lived. And of course, Jesus says, Your brother will live again. But you know, when we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts and lives, that's not the end, it's only the beginning. Because yeah. we have got eternal life through faith. In Jesus Christ. It is said that suffering can be have one of two effects. It will enable a sufferer to cast themselves totally on God, or adversely, it may drive them further away from God. So sometimes our attitude is important how we approach suffering. Remember, some of the disciples were blaming. No, they were saying, why is this guy like this? Is it because of his sin? And Jesus would say, no, it's for the glory of God. God's going to never judge anybody if they're suffering. You don't know the reason behind it. Sometimes we get up to say, well, they're getting their just deserts. Poetic justice has come at last. No, 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 no. We've got to be careful, friends, that we don't uh, judge people. We don't know their story. And all we've got to do is just be there at the time when we are needed. And perhaps God will use us to bring them through into eternal life through faith in Jesus. One of these days, moving on, there was scrutinization. Verse 7, the Pharisees and the teachers were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So it says they watched him closely to see if he would heal this man. People will always have something to say, won't they? People will always have an opinion. I remember Pastor Waters from Len, you'll remember this guy from the town mission up in Falkirk. He was, a, he was an Irish man um, and he had hands like shovels. And he, he was in his, in his early life, you know, he was a bare fist fighter. And my goodness, when you saw his hand, you thought, oh, wouldn't you like to be on the end of one of them? But people used to say to him, you're a dirty, low waster, look at you. And they would cross on the other side of the road, they wouldn't walk in the same case. He cuffed them, you know, with his hands like shovels. But you know something? That man got wonderfully and gloriously saved. And a great evangelist under God was this man. And folk used to say to him, look at that dirty, low scoundrel walking up the pavement with his King James Bible. 
a bit like Ron's one, you know, the big, big black King James Bible. And folk used to say, look at him. In other words, they were never happy. They had something to say whether he was a dirty low sinner or something to say he was one of his Bible-thumping preachers. But they always had something to say. They would scrutinise whatever God does in that. Never be afraid, friends, because people will always have something to say, regardless of where you're standing this morning. Don't be afraid of people's opinion. They were scrutinisation in the church, in the, the synagogue. Now, there's no scrutinisation in here. <laughs> People will always have something to say. Bruce Willis starred in a series of films, and they were called Die Hard. Oh, my goodness. Despite the fact that Jesus had the authority to overrule the Pharisees' traditions, despite the fact that the Creator is always greater than the creation. The Pharisees thought that their rules and traditions were far more superior than the Saviour. God help us when we get to a position like that. Jesus could say, if any man would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. In the musical called The Witness, we, we did this many, many years ago, one of the songs in the chorus says, Come die, come live, this is true freedom. Come die, come live, lay down your life and follow. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, we have to learn to be the servant of all. That's greatness. It's not enforcing our views or opinions um, over others. May we never play the part of Bruce Willis in our new church of being a die-hard. See, the, the Jews and the, the, the Pharisees thought that um, healing was defined to be practicing medicine and couldn't be practiced on the Sabbath. They would rather protect their laws than see a sufferer being set free. That's tragic, isn't it? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Moving on quickly, one of these days there was anticipation. Verse 8 says, but Jesus knew. <laughs> Jesus knew what, were, what they were thinking. They thought they could get away with it, but Jesus can see right through us. It can see us. The Lord Jesus knew the hearts of men and he wasn't taken by surprise and he's never taken by surprise with us either. He's never outwitted. He's never outflanked. He knows exactly what is going on. And he knows what exactly is going on in your life and mine this morning. Maybe we're like that man that slinked in the back of the hall to the synagogue and thought, I'll just slip in the back here and I'll just keep it aside. Maybe nobody will notice. Now I want to see this Jesus to see what he's got to say. Maybe that's you this morning. But Jesus sees you. And he, he wants to draw near to you this morning. He wants to set you free from whatever it is that seems to be um, taking a stranglehold over your life right now. You thought you could slink in the back and maybe just go, as, as they call it, incognito. You know, when we just kind of 
trying to mingle in with the crowd. But Jesus, he, he knows our hearts. He knows our lives. Moving on, one of these days, there was participation. Jesus said, get up. Get up and stand in front of everyone. Oh my, that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Imagine slinking in the back of the hall and somebody has got a word of knowledge or a word of um, wisdom that says, I believe God wants to do this for you. And, and actually say, I want you to stand up. And you go, oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting this. Or just imagine this man, he walks into that synagogue and Jesus turns and says, look, I want you to stand up in front of everybody. Remember all the calls. And folks say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just come down to the front and the Salvation Army, they had what's called the mercy seat. And it would be a bit like that, actually, just like a couple of steps. And folks would come forward and kneel at the front in readiness to give their hearts and lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. You would think, well, I'd be embarrassed if somebody said that to me. But you know, when God gets a grip of your life, I believe this, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks, what anybody says. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. You know, it's important, isn't it, when we, we stand in front of, of, of a congregation, our people. One of the most important things, I remember when Evelyn gave her heart to the Lord, and I came in for work one night, and uh, she was crying, obviously. My dinner wasn't ready. <laughs> I was in the back shift. And I said to her, is everything okay, hen? And her eyes were all kind of going grid on you. Know. And I said, are you okay? She says, no. She says, I'm not actually okay. I didn't say, why is my dinner not ready? <laughs> I just thought that wouldn't be wise at the time. <laughs> She said, three times I was along at the church. And she said, three times, it was different speakers were talking about the lost sheep. And she says, I did give my heart to the Lord. She says, I asked the Lord to come into my life to be my Lord and my Saviour. And she says, I didn't feel anything. She says, you said that, you know, you know the skies were blue or the blue. You know, she said, the birds were singing a sweet song. She said, I didn't feel anything like that. She said, my experience is nothing like that. I felt nothing. And she said, therefore I concluded, she says, the Lord can't want me. But you know this, the minute she confessed the Lord Jesus, the tears turned to tears of joy. When the Holy Spirit came in, and uh, because she had confessed the Lord Jesus, God's word says, if you, if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. So it's important for you and I to nail our colours to the mast. It's not always, sometimes we're a wee bit shy, a wee bit backward at coming forward. But it's a good thing when we confess the Lord before our friends and our family, because we're really saying, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We have nailed our colours to the mast. And what a difference it makes when we declare our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, stand up in front of everyone. Maybe the man thought, Jesus, wouldn't he be interested in little me? And my shriveled up hand. Maybe we're like that this morning. Maybe we're thinking, Jesus, I'll not be interested in my shriveled up thinking. My shriveled up ideas. 
But you know what? Jesus is interested in you this morning. He wants to come and minister to you this morning. He wants to touch your heart, your life. <coughs> he wants to set you free this morning. It's maybe something crazy. Maybe it's something that you think God will not be interested in that. Maybe it's insignificant in your eyes and you think, God will not be interested in that. He's interested in every aspect of your life and mine this morning. And then he said this, he said, stretch out your hand. And again, this man was obedient to, the, to Christ's call. Perhaps he thought, well, I've never been able to stretch this hand before, Lord Jesus. It's never moved before. But faith it's about stepping out on the word of God. And as this man heard Christ saying to him, stretch out your hand. I don't, I don't, it's no concern of mine. You've not been able to do it before. But now when you stretch it out, faith becomes active and God does the work. And his hand is completely restored as it should have been. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it a glorious thing? We come into church. We come into the place of worship. We hear the word of God. And, and Christ stands up and says, I want you to stand up, I want you to stretch out, use your faith, and watch God work as he answers his, his promise of his word. Yeah. Moving on very quickly. How am I doing for time, Tom? Are we okay? <laughs> there was a challenging question. In verse 8, Jesus said, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or destroy it? Would you say that was a rhetorical question, Wayne? <laughs> the answer seems obvious, doesn't it? It's a no-brainer. Well, it's to do good, for goodness sake. If you can't do good in a church or a synagogue, where are you going to find any good? You didn't see much in the world these days. Verse 10, it says this. This was interesting for me. It says, he looked around at them all. Can you imagine it? Look at Peter. <laughs> you got any objection to that, Peter? <laughs> Margaret? Brenda, you're hiding behind Peter there, but I can see. <laughs> Tom, you're up behind that desk there, but can you imagine it? Jesus, it says here, he looked. He looked around every one of them. Yeah. And you know what? There wasn't a cheap out of any of them. Because they knew the answer to that question. Which is it? Which is lawful on the Sabbath? Eh? The answer was obvious. Friends, if we can't get delivered and healed and set free in Riverview Church, we might as well shut the door. But Christ is of mind to come in the midst of us. And you know, Scripture says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And then we'll be in a position where we're able to comfort others with the same comfort we ourselves have received. How valuable is that? When you meet somebody at work that says, oh, I've been suffering for this or that, the next thing, say, do you know what? That used to be me. I was in that situation. But you know something? The Lord Jesus Christ set me free. Amen. And the same Lord Jesus that set me free is able to set you free as well. Would you like me to pray for you? Yeah. Now that's bold, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But yet, is God calling us to be bold people in him? Moving on again very quickly. One of these days, there was tension 
In verse 11, it says, but they were furious. Oh my goodness. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law just weren't the happy chappies. And they were absolutely raging. They were hopping mad at what had happened. Imagine being angry at the church. Imagine coming into a place of worship and saying, I'm raging about that. <laughs> God's healed that guy a shriveled hand and I'm hopping mad. That's crazy, isn't it? To think that anybody would... To, if, if folk getting saved and touched and healed in the church, that it would leave somebody raging mad. I, I can't even believe it. And yet, the Pharisees were furious because of the, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just going to finish up here because there's other things we could talk about. What kind of day is this for you? Is it a day for deliverance? Is it a day when you've just come in and think, well, we'll go to church, the same old thing. Singing's good, you know. Prophecy was nice, it was lovely. But you know, what kind of day is this to be for us? in Riverview Church. Yeah. Sometimes we think, oh, there's no many folk here today. Where is everybody? No, oh, God's here. The Lord Jesus Christ is here. He knows every single person here. This is a unique gathering this morning. Could it, could it be said that he has appointed everybody who is here this morning? We could talk about days of supplication. You notice in that chapter when it says in verse 12, one of these deep Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. My goodness, I'll tell you what, if that was me and the opposition that he had received in the synagogue, I'd be wanting to disappear. But to think that the Lord Jesus, despite what he had encountered, was prepared to go up, and maybe that was the motivation to go up the mountain to spend the night in prayer. And who knows that God will call us as a fellowship to spend nights in prayer Amen. and crying at God to bring down the blessing on this town of Bones and this area in which we live. He never shrunk back from that. I'd have been like, that was a close shave. Time to go and lick the wounds. No, Jesus went up the mountain and he spent the night in prayer. Just the time it was needed to go and spend his, his time in prayer. And verse 13 it says, When the morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he also designated apostles. Isn't that tremendous? Yeah. He goes up and he prays and he appoints leaders. Get the picture? God's going to appoint leaders. God's, as we are obedient to him, days of Prayer, days of supplication, days of seeking God, he will open up um, the way ahead for us and appoint leaders. The other thing that was there as well, I'm just going to bring this to a very swift close, there was treason. Isn't that horrific? It says, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. There was treachery there. What, in the synagogue? Yeah. In the church? Hi. Oh. Oh, I didn't expect that to be there. But it was. But the work goes on. Friends, never shrink back from the work of God. When God calls you to a work of God, 
despite the things that will horrify you and shake you up, keep on going on for God. What was I saying? I can't go backwards for going forward. It might be, feel like one step back and two forward, but that's still progress. And we're going to keep on going on. That's an elder's dream, isn't it? Pastors come and go, but elders go on. <laughs> on. 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 <laughs> Just going to bring this to a close. There will always be those kind of days. Days when it's a relief to close the curtain and to lock the door and get your head on the pillow and hope that tomorrow's going to be a better day. Even Christians have days like that. <laughs> the Apostle Paul in the third chapter of Philippians could say, Not that I have already obtained all this or already have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but, another but, this one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. For there will always be those kind of days. But with Christ, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Tom, do you want to, should we have a wee appeal here just this morning, just to sum up the word? there was a person going to a gym and when they went into the gym there were banners of encouragement, things yeah. of encouragement, people they're helping with the training. Yeah. I thought, what a place if that was church. Mm. Yeah. And today that means you're again an atmosphere and part of a place of encouragement. That's why I love coming to church and I miss coming to church. But when you come to church it's supposed to be a place of encouragement mm, yeah. to come and get something that Lord I need some more yeah. my brothers and sisters when I hear the stories of some things that have gone on in their lives and how they've come through a place mm. of encouragement, encouragement. Yeah. And, yeah. you know we've taken the banners away off the walls but have mm. we really taken the banners out of this place mm. no. no because encouragement yeah. Yeah. forgiveness mm. Mm. Forgiveness. Mm. Faithfulness. Mm. Yeah. Who yeah. else? What other banners are here? Yeah. yeah. A place of encouragement. Yeah. I am so grateful and I am so thankful. Amen. For a place of encouragement. Amen. That I can Lord. come to brothers and sisters and get encouragement. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I think if we could just stand together, I'm going to ask Ian just to hang around here for a minute. Um, 
you know, I'm so thankful. We, we prayed this morning in the prayer meeting because Ian's had one of those days, he's had one of those weeks, he's had one of those months, you know, one of those years. And, and, and he's faithfully just stood and expounded a great word to us this morning that has had everything that preaching should have in it. It's had the encouragement, but it's also had the challenge. It's had the thing to kind of pat you on the back and say, well done, keep going, keep going. Yeah. But it's also had to just be careful here. And, I, and I'm sure that anyone with the Spirit of God in their lives today will have, will have grabbed something from what Ian has shared this morning, that something stood out. Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, maybe something is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's an encouragement. Or maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you felt a sense of conviction that God was saying, I'm not happy with this in your life? Bring it before me and change it. Because the, the thing is, if that hasn't happened this week then there must be a problem between our communication with God and our listening to him. Because the thing is, we are flawed, we are broken, we are in need of a saviour who renews our minds. Uh, and, and that's daily, minutely, hourly, secondly, you know. If we haven't had that sense of conviction this week, then, then do we need to kind of come before him and say, Lord, please, mm. please put your finger on something now. And let me tell you, this is encouragement also. <coughs> Because what Jesus isn't asking you to do is to deal with that thing yourself. The man came with a withered hand. He carried what would have been seen as his shame. Mm. And Jesus called it out and said, stand up. His shame is on display Mm. for everyone to see. But does he, does Jesus say, come on, heal your hand? Sort it out, sort your shame out. He doesn't, he says, stretch it out. Mm. Stretch it out. Whatever it is that God has put his hand on this morning in your life, stretch it out. Stretch it out toward him. Let him bring the healing. Can you pray? And then we're going we're gonna to respond. I'm not sure how. Uh, if you feel that God's leaving you in any way on that, then please do. Come on. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for places of teaching. Yes. We have the freedom in this nation, Lord, to open up the Word of God. And we are so grateful, Lord, for the Word of God. We are so grateful to you, Lord Jesus, that you came, Lord, to release those who were oppressed, to set at liberty the captives, to open up the eyes that were blind, Lord, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord we, I just want to pray this morning for any life here this morning who there's something that's shriveled up within them. Lord, perhaps <coughs> physically, spiritually, emotionally, Lord, mentally, Lord. I just ask, Lord, as we are stood here, and Lord, as we just stretch out our hands to you, I just encourage you this morning to stretch out your hand, not to me, not to Pastor Tom, Jeez. but to the Lord Jesus. And as an act of faith this morning, as we stretch our hands out to him, he's going to meet us right there. Lord, just minister freedom right now into our lives, Lord, the things that are binding us, the things that are...
controlling the aspects of our lives. We just lay them at your feet right now. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the minister of the sanctuary. You're able to come and proclaim freedom to those who are captives. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. just stay in this place as we respond and you don't have to sing this with us but let your heart sing it and we're just talking about holding out that hand we're talking about taking that shameful thing that God has identified in the midst of all of us here this morning and, and to hold it before him to you our hearts are open nothing here is out the thing that is shameful or the thing that is painful you are the one who can heal you are the one who can restore you are the one who can forgive you are the one who can transform come Lord help us to be banners that declare who you are healer forgiver into that week that you've had or that one of those days that you've had stretch it out hold it out before Jesus and if that shriveled hand is the shame of 
a behavior that you've done that God's just put his finger on, then hold it before him and say, Lord, come forgive. Come and heal and help me to be transformed from glory into glory, into your likeness. And today, God, we know that the the glory of the latter house will be greater than this one. That every day we wake up new, fresh in your new mercy. That every day we can come before you for forgiveness again. That every day we can come before you again and say, Lord, please, I can't change myself. Please come and change my heart, oh God. Let it be new. Let it be renewed. Let it be clean. So come and have that. Come and have your way in us, Lord. Come and have your way. And I just want to encourage before we sing our closing song and take up our tithes and offerings, I just want to encourage you, if there's something that God has put on your heart this morning that, that you, you would like to chat through or pray through, you know, don't let that go. And so, just because I, I see them and they're there right now, let me just say this, go to Ian, he'll be happy to pray with you. Come to me. I'll be happy to pray with you. Go to Brenda. She'll be happy to pray with you. Go to Ron. He would be happy to pray with you. But don't let that go because God has something fresh for you this morning. Amen. Something new. And he wants to, you to step forward in freedom. So we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll take up our tithes and offerings. And after the service, tea and coffee's at the back of the hall. You're welcome to have that in here. Or take it through to the small hall, but just give Kids Church five minutes to clear that out before you start running through there. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Let's uh, stand to our feet.